We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode of Jack Ramsey's Danny Ring, joined by Deuce Mason. Deuce and Mo podcast covers the Sacramento Kings. I wanted to bring Deuce on one because uh, he's good at what he does. Two, uh, the Kings are in a, a weird spot, much like the Portland Trailblazers, in that nobody knows who the hell they are, what the hell they're doing, and nobody really knows if they know what they know what they're doing. So, Deuce, what's going on, man? Dude, I'm just ready. To, <laughs> basketball feels like it's already back to me because oh. I'm watching preseason games. Mm-hmm. I'm watching Scoot versus Victor. It just feels like it's already back, but we're still a little ways away. We get Kings Blazers in a preseason game. We get it opening mm-hmm. night. I- I'm ready, man. Listen, I uh, I went and watched the the Portland Junior Blazers play the second tier Israeli team. <laughs> you want to tell me that basketball's back? I listen, and I was yeah. jacked for it. I watched Shaden Sharp go absolutely nuts against a probably a team a step above a summer league but below a preseason team like it's in a weird space and i love love, every bit of it well i just love that they did that because you talk about trying to build his confidence Mm -hmm. after what happened with summer league that was just a tremendous opportunity for him in that last game so yeah build his confidence and understand like he's still a young player it's gonna take him time but those are the things small organizations will do is like put your guys in a position to build some confidence and you know, a preseason. Well, it's a perfect transition. It's almost like you do this for a living. Uh, putting success, young guys in successful positions. Uh, Keegan Murray. Uh, is, listen, when the Blazers had their 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 draft uh, build up, Keegan Murray was number one on my board. That was, that was the guy that I wanted. I just listen. I I know the college numbers, this, that, and the other, but I always felt like he does a lot more even than what he did at Iowa. He was incredibly productive on every level, and some of the the numbers were like, well, he he does too much in transition. I was like, and that's a problem. <laughs> right. Got to, well, he he settles for too many uh, open open uh, jumpers, and I'm like, but he he makes them right. <laughs> like that's is, is this uh, there like the knocks on him were like you're trying to find knocks at this point, and that's now as we're getting into campus Sacramento, it looks like they're going to have a lot of trouble keeping him out of the starting lineup. Yeah, I'm interested to see how that plays out. Like the first preseason game, they mm-hmm. started Casey Akpala. 
I think they might go that direction again in the preseason. And I, I don't know, maybe Keegan doesn't start right away. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're going, hey, let's set a defensive tone. We've been bad. I mean, Portland, Sacramento, two of the worst defensive teams, I feel like, in the last like 15 years in the NBA. Uh, so they're trying to set, set some sort of defensive presence and KZ can defend multiple positions. But we saw in the first preseason game with Keegan. He comes off the bench and he just... He has such a great feel for the game, especially as a rookie, right? You know, a lot of times the game moves faster for rookies. It's kind yeah. of a shock, the physicality, the speed of the game. He doesn't get sped up. He's very even keeled. He obviously can knock down the jumper, but he showed off his passing ability in that first preseason game against the Lakers. I'm like, wait, he literally is throwing a lob to Rashawn Holmes right now. And he's just got the personality that you go, oh, this guy might be a little different, right? It's not flashy. It's not sexy all the time. Um, you know, I've heard this before. You're not going to see him necessarily like on Sports Center top 10 dunking on someone's head, but he's going to make the right basketball decision more times than not. And I think I I'm just, I'm really high on Keegan Murray. Listen, I I'm right there with you. And, and while they're only a couple of picks apart, the readiness factor between a guy like, Keegan and Shaden Sharp, I think that kind of shows you where things are, and that's the difference between a guy who played a couple years in college and became the featured part of an offense and you know was the leading scorer in the country versus a guy who hasn't played since EYL, EYBL basketball in high school. Yeah. So that's kind of the trade-off. But I, I say all this to use Keegan to kind of preface everything because the Kings have shiny, nice, fun things, and it's been a while yeah. since you guys have had shiny, nice, fun things. You, you pair him with Sabonis and Fox, obviously a trade for Kevin Herter. Uh, you get uh, Holmes back. It, it, it's a roster that it looks better and more balanced but this is the question that I've gotten from national writers and, and, and national radio folks everywhere. What the hell? What, what is the identity of this team? Because it's, it's the exact same question I get for Portland. And it's, instead of realizing it's still a Damian Lillard team with some changes, yeah, it's like they, they can't wrap their head around this. What, with, the, with the Kings, is this a De'Aaron Fox team with a bunch of changes on it? Or is this a fundamentally different team? I think it's going to be a completely different team. I think the one thing is we know vibes can be a little good vibes can be overrated in training camp, mm -hmm. right? Like it, good vibes doesn't equate to success. Bad vibes, as we're seeing around the league, that can lead to some chaos with teams. You know, talk about, you know, with Westbrook and the Lakers, what's mm -hmm. going on with Golden State, Boston, Phoenix, weird situations. You know, I, I've been around this Kings team for a long time. It feels a little different. I think Mike Brown has really emphasized this like fun family atmosphere, the buy-in. They've been in the camp like way early all through the summer building relationships. And I think the vibes are real. It's not like a deer and fox team because they have Sabonis too. I think mm -hmm. th this team's going to go as far as like, can Fox play to the level that some think he can be? Can Sabonis be the guy that he has been? And now they surrounded them with some shooting. Like Kevin Herter is a good shooter. Yeah. Malik Monk coming off your bench. He can get buckets, right? What can Davion Mitchell look like in year two? What Keegan Murray can do when he's not the focal point? Like now he can, he, the pressure's not on him to lead a college team. He can kind of just fit in with this group. And they've, they've kind of gone like, hey, we've got some high IQ guys. We've got guys who are ready to work hard. Uh, I think offensively, they're going to be really fun to watch. Defensively is the question. Like, can Brown devise a good team defensive philosophy 
that they're not a train wreck there like they've been since 2006. And that's the biggest question. I think that's going to where you you put a lot of pressure on De'Aaron Fox. Like, yeah, this is your six, man. Like, he understands the importance of it. Last year was awful for him uh, and the team. He understands that, like, he's got to bring it. And there's no doubt we, you've seen the scoring ability. The guy's averaged 25 a game in the NBA. But can he at least be better defensively because he has that type of potential? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you look at where the Kings are now versus what they've been for, I don't know, six, seven years, is there a fundamental difference? Does it feel like they're not the Kangs? Yeah, are they are they less Kangsy now? I mean, I think so. But you know, the one thing I always say is like it's it's easy to have these good vibes right now. It's mm. e- the the question is what's going to happen when inevitably during the middle of a season or you lose three in a row, four in a row. You know, are you pointing fingers? Are guys starting to complain about roles? Or those are the things, right? Like last year going to the camp. Buddy Heald and Bagley thought they were going to be out. Then they're there. Bagley's like out of the rotation. His agents ripping the Kings. Heald is not happy. It was bad vibes all the way around. Yeah. And they didn't do enough to improve the roster. I mean, this has been a dramatic improvement. It seems like everyone likes each other. And I think the biggest thing that Mike Brown's done, even with his coaching staff, is it seems like they built like a level of trust and accountability that if these bad times end up happening, that they can get through it instead of the pointing of the fingers and the drama and the chaos. It's weird right now. I was talking to my co-host Morgan about this the other day. It's like all these weird vibes around the league right now. And for some reason it's not in Sacramento. And that's weird because it seems like no matter what, every year there's some sort of drama in Sacramento. Mm -hmm. It's early, but it it, it does feel different, but the West is stacked. You know, I mean, I, I like, What's the ceiling for this group? I mean, I personally think they could be a team that gets right around 500, maybe a couple of games if everything goes right. Mm-hmm. But they're going to be a, a team fighting for the plan. This is something I've dealt with recently with the Blazers losing 21 of 23 last year and, and tanking out hard. I mean, they did it on purpose. They, If you extrapolate that over a season, that's a six-win team. <laughs> like, 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 Let me put that in perspective for people that don't understand. Yeah, yeah. This is a six-win team. This is a this is the worst basketball you've ever seen. And when you think about that for a second, it's like, oh, that's what they did. Yeah, they lost 15 games by 15 or more. They got hammered. But 
Shaden Sharp was the piece they got out of that. And they got Jeremy Grant. And they did all these things. Now that they're kind of ramping back up and they look different, they, they've shuffled the deck and more, more than shuffled the deck, they've made wholesale changes at, at places that matter. Now Victor Wimbanyana comes along. Mm. Is there a faction? I mean, I know there is, but how loud is the noise and how much of a problem do you think it will be for a Kings team that looks to be on the rise in a period when this is really when you should be tanking. Is there, is there a, is there a yeah. weird part of that where you're like now? Yeah, it's they've missed the playoffs for 16 years. It's the longest playoff your active playoff drought in American sports. Yeah. The Mariners just, just got rid of yeah, their, I mean, uh, rid of theirs and that put the Kings number one. It's the longest in NBA history. The, the, and I always like to put this in perspective for people because the people in Sacramento know this, but mm-hmm. the Kings have been in Sacramento 37 years. They have eight winning seasons. I mean, <laughs> I, just think about that for a second. Eight. And by the way, those eight winning seasons were all consecutive from 98 to the, the 05, 06 year. Rick Adelman. Yeah. Right. The Adelman, the Adelman curse. Yeah, that, that's it. Uh, they, in 37 years, they've made the playoffs 10 times. And so now you have this drought, and they've made so many mistakes along the way. They made a decision last year. We are trying to end this. What are we going to do? We're going to make a really risky trade right now and trade a promising young talent in Tyrese Halliburton for Demonis Sabonis, and let's build around this and see what we can do and, and what's the ceiling. It's going to be something that we're going to be like judging for years to come because they could have gone the different route. They could have been like, you know what? Let's just blow this up this year. We'll keep Halliburton, get rid of everything else. Fox, Barnes, all the vets. Mm-hmm. Let's roll with Mitchell, Halliburton. We'll go the Blazers route, lose 15 of 17, get a great draft pick and kind of rebuild this. But I think they're just caught in this tough spot because this it, for your fan base, when you don't win for 16 years, it's tough to sell like, hey, hey. We're going to be bad again, but trust me, this time, this time, it's it's going to be different. So they did not go that route. And for them, I don't know if it was a basketball gods thing or whatever, they were still able to move up and get the number four pick and get Keegan Murray. Um, so, yeah, I sh- there's a portion that you look at Victor. I mean, who doesn't look at Victor right now and go, yeah, when Benyama's out there, we need a tank to get him. The reality is it's so much. It's not as easy as that anymore no, with the new lottery is. odds. Like, OK, so go ahead and tank, tank, tank. If you have the number one odds, it doesn't mean anything. I mean, no. when's the last time the team with the worst odds got the number one pick? It hasn't happened in this new lottery yeah. format. So it's tough. I think you just have to let it play out. But I, I get the yes. If whoever lands Victor is changing their franchise for good. And would it be awesome for the Kings to land someone like that? Absolutely. Um, but I think you just have to let it play out. This is the path they chose. And they're trying to win and be competitive now. In that win and be competitive front, what is going to be different about this team so much so than even the last year's team when, yeah, Sabonis was there and, and they did some things better, but also things kind of didn't look great there yeah. either. What, what are the wholesale changes? I, I know obviously adding some additional shooting and herders, yeah. like spreading the floor, allowing Fox to get downhill. But it's always great to say that in theory – but what are like the things you can point to and go, this is how this team wins 41 games and gets a play-in spot? I think the one thing the Kings have lacked for so many years 
Go, I think the last time they had some sort of identity was that 2018-19 season when everyone thought they were going to be bad and they won 39 games, which I know that's still bad, but they were projected to be Listen, awful. Okay, that's that's, that's coin yeah. toss away from 500. Well, and also that was like, you got to think that was a year two of Fox, right? Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God. Their identity was we are going to run, run, run. All the coaches coming into town were like, this is one of the fastest teams we've ever seen. Even mm-hmm. off misses, they are push, push, push. They had an identity. They end up making a coaching change to go to Luke Walton. But they, they, there was no identity. And I, I don't think they they made the appropriate moves. You know, it's making the mistakes after mistake. And I know the Blazers uh, over the years have handed out some poor contracts. You go, what the hell? But I'm sorry, when the Kings are handing Corey Joseph $13 million, when they're paying Dwayne Dedman around the same, they're bringing Trevor Ariza in, you know, for 15 these are major mistakes, right? You mm-hmm. get cap space and you just throw them at guys that aren't going to actually improve your team and change your identity and all of that. I think this year they have really made it a point. Like we are going to change the roster, but it's also, we can't just be the guy, the team that just goes pick and roll and be boring. And st- we have to have some movement. And when you have one of the best passing bigs in the NBA and Demonis Sabonis, you got to have some movement. He is such a gifted passer. The one thing, and it's small sample size, the first preseason game against the Lakers the, the movement just there. It, it's getting Fox. Fox has never moved without the ball. No. Because he wasn't taught, right? Like, De'Aaron Fox has always been the fastest guy out there. He can Ball push in the, hand. Yeah, yeah. He, he had to be taught a little bit. Mm-hmm. And now he's understanding the importance of the cut, right? It's like, move without the ball. You're such a threat. You just moving is such a good thing. So I just noticed I was actually rewatching some of it today. And, and, the, the the movement off ball from guys has just been so much better. Um, so I think they'll have an identity. Like, we're going to make quick decisions. We want to get into our offense by 19 seconds in the shot clock. Let's initiate it. We're going to get the ball up and go. We don't care who has it. And that's the one thing I noticed, too, is like, Sabonis gets a rebound. He's pushing it. Herder gets it. it whoever has the ball, push. We're not searching. Let's go. Mm-hmm. Let's be decisive. Let's have good decisions. And you know, their big message is we don't care how we win or lose. It's, it's not about winning or losing. It's about how we win, how we lose. We have Process. to be competitive every single night. In that first game, somehow Mike Brown played all 20 players on the roster, and they were competitive. They played hard throughout. That seems to be something that's kind of running through the NBA, running through the NBA right now. There's, there's a there's a there's a shift in focus, particularly as it pertains to coaching and even, even in front offices is that the process matters. Process, process, process. It's what I keep trying to hammer home to people that are freaking out while the Blazers are playing in preseason right now. It's like, you've got three new starters. You have only have six entirely returning players from last year's roster. And you look at where things are right now. I don't care if somebody's not hitting shots. Are no. they getting to their spots? Yes. Are they, are they, is the process right? Okay. Move on to the next. Like, I'm not going to panic about anything until, you know, end of November. That's when I'm going to start raising an eyebrow. Of like, you could have you could have bad nights. I mean, hell, the Trailblazers had a road home back to back in the preseason. So weird. Why? Yeah. <laughs> well, the Kings haven't. They played their their first preseason game Monday. They they haven't had a game since Monday. Their second preseason game is against the Blazers tomorrow. So, so I, I, when I was going through film and I was watching that, they haven't played since then. Right. My so, goodness. So which and and, and I. I completely agree with what you said about preseason. It's about 
Hey, we've been going up against each other at practice. Let's try to implement this. Let's let's iron out the Kings a little bit. Let's get this going. I mean, the Kings were 4-0 in the preseason last year. It doesn't matter. It doesn't the wins and losses don't matter. I remember back, I think it was two years ago, the Kings played the Blazers twice in the preseason, and Harry Giles crushed the Kings in both games. And the amount of people are like, I can't believe the Kings let Harry Giles go. And then um, Harry didn't play pretty much the entire season. I love Harry Giles. Greatest guy. I'm just like, guys, yeah. it's preseason. You know, it's this, it's a little different. Don't rush your judgment. It's what you just said. It's like, all right, are, are you even on misses? Are you seeing guys get open looks? Are they getting the right opportunities? Is the offense functioning? Is the communication there? That's what it's about at this yeah. point. I, I think they're really, Mike Brown is trying to establish a culture in Sacramento. And I understand, by the way, that's so cliche, right? Like, No, but, basketball but it matters because from this, this is from the outside looking in. Fan bases, that, that fan base loves that team. Oh, yeah. I can't tell you. What the hell that culture has been for 15 years? It's been awful. It's been terrible. And mistakes from top down that have really hurt this team. This is the first time I can tell you that I'm like, they, they might have a little something here. And it doesn't mean I think they're going to you know win 50. I'm not saying anything like that. But I'm something like is better than the nothing yes. that has been there. They have a direction. You know, we can debate whether they should have gone this direction. Like, what's the ceiling with it? Sure. That's a different conversation. This is the direction they they chose. And I think they're putting together the right pieces around it to be a, a, a really competitive team in the West this year. Which brings me to the next point here. Trailblazers and Kings are kind of picked in the same range, same area for a lot of the same yeah. reasons generally. Um, from the outside looking in, where do you see this Portland team? What 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 is it that you like or don't like about what they've done, or what what are the questions that you have about this Portland team as they Sacramento comes in here on Sunday for the preseason and then it opens up the season against them? You know, I I just think you know I was looking at the Vegas over unders you know a month ago and I, was I, just, I took the I, over just so we're I clear. was so <laughs> surprised at where Sacramento was compared to Portland mm -hmm. because I actually think these two teams are very close. Mm -hmm. I am interested to see what Dane looks like after last, pretty much a year off, right? And I think most people look at it, they give Portland an advantage here just because it's Dane. Yeah. I mean, you know what he's capable of. I love the Jeremy Grant pickup. I That was a guy that I was looking at for Sacramento uh, before the draft. And, you know, I'm like, that he should be a target. Yeah, The Blazers have been a joke defensively. I think that's a, the biggest thing that I look at now. I feel like they're going to make a step there. They've got guys that look like they're committed to that side. Jeremy Grant, to me, is criminally underrated. I really believe that. I think some people view him as, oh, he, he just got numbers because of uh, his time in Detroit. Mm -hmm. But forget Detroit for a second. He showed that he can score and do things. Go back to Denver. When he's in the playoffs and he's got to defend LeBron, He's trying to defend AD. The guy can defend multiple positions, and he showed he's got a little bit of a bag. He doesn't have to be what he was in Denver, and he doesn't have to be what he was in Detroit. I think there's a middle ground there, and I think it's a talented player. So I, I like that pickup. I like Josh Hart. I'm interested to see how it comes together. And, and so I, I kind of view them in that similar range as the Kings. Um and I'm eager to see it all come together because it's not like you you got to see Dame with Anthony last yep. year as he took that that leap. Like, what's that look like? I, I like the squad. I think they can be very competitive. Uh, as it pertains to Jeremy Grant, I I call Portland his his Goldilocks. 
It's his it's his three bear situation where you saw him probably not get enough offense in Denver. You probably saw yep. him get too much offense in Detroit, and he's yep. probably not quite the number two option, but the number three who every couple nights becomes the number two option. That's kind of that feels like the sweet spot for him. With Damon Ant being one two pretty much every single night, every now and then Grant can kind of step in. I feel like that's that's his spot. That's where he gets in and allows him to be happy, feel his offensive zen, so to speak, and still be the defensive guy that you know they hope he can be. Um, I, I agree, hundred percent. Looking at uh, both this first preseason—I shouldn't say first preseason matchup—the the preseason matchup between the Kings and the Blazers and the first game of the regular season. What are the things that you were looking for going into those games? Obviously, preseason being different than the regular season. What what are the markers? Because I have mine when I go into every game. Like, what what are you looking at in those particular matchups? Well, you know, I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but Kings' first preseason game, they played all twenty. Yeah, and not just all twenty, where they at the end the guys played two minutes. I think everyone played at least seven minutes. I mean, I, pretty remarkable. You know, that's Mike impressive. Brown, yeah, Mike Brown says they're going to trim that down. Maybe at max play 15 in that preseason game. The starters are going to go into the second half, which they did not do against the Lakers. You know, after having so much time in between games, I, I want to see how, you know, and coaches believe practicing is the most important thing. Yeah. NBA teams don't get a lot of practice time during the season. Mike Brown was just saying the other day, he's like, I would love to have, 30 practices before one game. That's how much I love practice and trying to, to, to tinker with things and get mm-hmm. things perfect, perfected. So I, I, I'm just looking at, all right, what, what's this chemistry look like with this starting group if KZ's in the lineup for Sacramento? KZ Paula, you know, some fans may know him. Brief mm-hmm. stint in Miami. He was there, uh, gets traded to OKC. They, they waived him. But Mike Brown loves the guy. I mean, Mike Brown knows him from the Nigerian national team. Mm-hmm. And at that time, he was like, yeah, I think he has defensive player of the year type potential in the NBA. He said that last year. And I'm like, wow. So he's really high on him. And he's been and, around and coached defensive player of the year. Yeah. And KZ is like, I'm eager to see what that looks like. But I'm also like, okay, but what does Keegan look like with that group? Because mm-hmm. I... Brown said yesterday that it seems like Herter is going to be the starting shooting guard, but the, mm-hmm. the the power forward spot, the four spot is still open. I think that's a KZ versus Keegan battle. It's going to be Keegan's job at some point this year, in my opinion, Yeah, but it may not be at the start of the year. And so I, I want to see how that functions. I, I want to see, we, we didn't see a lot of the starters together in that first game. So I want to see how that looks. Um, as far as anything else, I don't know. I, it's preseason. I just, it's kind of the stuff we hit on. Like, what's it look like? And I, I you know, I want to see what are, are, are these coaches going to hold back a little bit because they play and mm-hmm. opening night? I don't know. And that's the interesting thing is because uh, Portland's trying to find their starting small forward. So they have started Justice Winslow. They've started just Josh Hart. And Sunday they will start uh, Nasir Little to uh-huh. see kind of what happens. They played Nasir uh, Thursday night uh, against uh, Maccabi. Uh, he got quite a bit of run and kind of cleared his head. He looked flustered and rushed. And this is a guy who hasn't played basketball basically in seven months because of the same core muscle surgery that Dame had. Mm. So looking at that and that matchup, how Nas reacts to being in the starting lineup and being effective against a, a Kings team that's it's going to be game and athletic and rested and ready to go. I, I, I have no questions. for In case you're wondering, Damian Lillard looks like old Damian Lillard. Man, the burst, the burst that wasn't there for the core muscle injury is back. 
you know, he, uh, Monday night he he took up uh, you know a little swing pass out to the wing. Uh, Batum and Kawhi Leonard closed out on him. He turned the corner, put one hand down at full speed, got bumped at and one. It was like, ah, there it is. Haven't seen that in a while. So I'm not worried Man. about that. No, I, I wouldn't be either. And I, you know, Dame, but before. I just wipe away last season because of what he was dealing with. Got oh, 100%. That slow start. Before that, I mean, the ultimate Kings killer. How many times Dame has come into Sacramento? Oh, here's a 50-point game. Mm-hmm. He's one of my favorite players in the league. And, I mean, I just think back to the draft when how many times I've talked to people who were with the Kings then that, like, yeah, he was the guy we were drafting. That was going to be the guy. He had the best pre-draft workout. He It was incredible. Like, they, they were running him through some uh, some sort of uh, situation on the court. He was doing a solo workout. And his first uh, question was like, well, how much time's on the clock? Because that's going to dictate mm-hmm. what he does out there. You know, this is a guy from Weber State. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. That was the guy they were going to take. And then Thomas Robinson dropped. I mean, and you just think these are the mistakes we talk about with the Kings over the mm-hmm. years where you're just like, you, these are critical misses. I mean, even C.J. McCollum, who thought he was going to get drafted by the Sacramento Kings. Oh, he was told. Yes. He was getting drafted by right. the Sacramento which is why so, he, if you look at C.J.'s numbers in his career against Sacramento, he holds that one personally. Yeah. I mean, a lot of guys throughout the league, Clay Thompson, the same thing. He's like, yeah, they didn't draft me. I still want to go. And, you know, so <laughs> there's a lot of guys around the NBA who are like, yeah, I thought I was going there. They passed up on me and look what I've done. But, no, no I, I, I'm eager. I Dame being back is so good for basketball. It's good. And I've always, I just vibe with the Portland fans because I think Sacramento and Portland kind of similar. There's, there's some similarities, strong yeah. similarities for sure. The fan bases are super engaged into the product. So they're, they're, they're one team towns, all, all due yep. respect to the MLS and NWSL right. here in Portland. But right. as far as the, 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 the big four goes, they're one team towns. And yes. they rally around them in a way that one team towns do. And be fun this year because i think these two teams are going to be battling it out like it's going to be the the games between these two teams are going to be fascinating to watch it's so weird because no matter how futile the kings have been or how good the blazers have been they have played each other to some of the most insane games over the last 10 12 years whether it's uh i think demarcus had one like 40 10 8 5 game uh, Nurkic had his 20.5 by five Myers Leonard and Demarcus getting in near fist fights on a regular basis and somehow turning those games into watchable contests. I just the weirdest things. And I, I fully expect that to continue. Um, but I will say, I, I don't think we talked about this before we went live. I will say, I don't think that the Kings are going to come in here and punch this Blazers team in the face because the vibes aren't nearly as bad as they were. And the good thing is, because like, what was that, like a 91-20 game? Or you know, something it's, along it's those one lines. Of those, it was one of those memories where you go, oh, man, Kings could be different this year. And, you know, then it was the same old stuff. So it's It was like, just the Blazers were just that broken yeah, out of the yeah. gate. Um, and, and honestly, what was so weird about it, I was trying to look that up as we were talking, the Kings record in Portland – Mm-hmm. is awful it is one of the it, worst. it's one of the worst places for any team to play portland has yeah. one of the best home records in the nba even when the kings were good they could never win there it, it's just wild but kobe, um, kobe hated coming here yeah he talked about it every single time he's like i hate coming here he goes not only is it rainy now is it this and he's like I, we never win here 
Yeah. Him and Phil Jackson both were just like, I hate coming here. It's a tough place <laughs> to play. It is. It really is. The one reason everybody loves coming here is if you're a Nike guy, you're going out to the Nike store. Yeah. That's that's about it. So, all right, we'll get you out of here, man. Thank you for hopping on. Uh, you can find him uh, at Deuce Mason on Twitter, Deuce and Mo Podcast. Uh, go check it out. If you honestly, him and, and Morgan do a fantastic job. I'm following those these guys for a long time. Um, I want that's why I wanted to bring them on because they they do such a great job with the Kings and uh, we. Portland and Portland, it feels like we play the Kings once every couple of weeks. So if you want to kind of figure out what's going on, go check them out there. Deuce, thank you so much, man. Go enjoy the rest of your weekend, and uh, hopefully we'll tack back in uh, probably sometime midseason before we play each other five more times somehow. Yeah, and maybe maybe if we get lucky in Sacramento, we get like a play-in opportunity. That'd be fun. You know what? <laughs> I don't want to see this team in the play-in, but See, and in Sacramento, we're like, just get to the play. <laughs> we'll, we'll throw a damn parade downtown Sacramento. We'll go all okay, across. You know what? I'm, we'll I'm not going to look at you out of here on that. I, do you think if they get to the play-in, it turns into a Minnesota situation? Somebody standing on top of a, a score oh, box just absolutely Kings, losing their minds? If the Kings made the play-in and then, you know, got into the actual playoffs. Do, is, there, I, is there a championship parade? It would be insane. And I think there would be the players, but the fan, it would, you would be like, wait, did they think they won a championship? But I'm telling you, I'd probably tear up a little bit going, I can't believe this. It's been 16 years. I was at the last playoff game. It was game, game six Mm -hmm. against the Spurs. I was a senior in high school. I got a ticket, sit up in the upper level, you know, and that time you're not thinking, oh, oh, I'm never going to be be in a playoff game in six. We'll be back at some point. But you knew at that moment is like, Rick Allen's going to be gone. And since then, it hasn't been the same. Fast forward, I'm 34 years old. Okay, so let's get some playoff basketball. We Listen, it. I get it. I, I You know, I, I'm, I'm a Cardinals fan, so I had a rough loss last night. But Mariners fans in Seattle, mm. 21 years, one of our uh, our afternoon hosts, his brother is the biggest Mariners fan on the face of the planet. He, he was bunkering himself in his home yesterday to take on with his sons – who were, I believe, 14 and 16, who have never seen his team in the playoffs. And you know what's crazy about that? I know they've never <laughs> made the playoffs, but they did have some, like, winning seasons. Well, I mean... The, where they the, missed. It, I mean, the Kings have been such a... like yeah. the, the, the peak in 16 years was 39 wins. It's just crazy. Yeah, no, it's 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 crazy. And listen, I, I do hope the Kings do get there. Like I, I genuinely do. I don't like to see a fan base browbeaten like this. <laughs> it's it's it is a bummer. Yeah. So hopefully, when, when we talk back again soon, it'll be because the Kings made a play in or made the playoffs, and yeah. somehow the Kings and Blazers are, are matching each other up in there. Well, go enjoy the rest of your weekend, man. We'll touch back soon. Hopefully, we can we can talk before uh, game one of the regular season and uh, see where kind of things land up. All right, man. I appreciate you having me. Hey, anytime, brother. You take care. All right.